Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. So, Welsh, before every single thing that we do, I, I talk about sales a lot. For those that don't know, I'm a mindset and sales coach, and I help entrepreneurs learn how they can inspire others to, to buy from them, to take action, right? But before I even do any sales, I always want to get us in the right mindset. Because what I have found in, in coaching hundreds of entrepreneurs internationally and thousands at this point of sales reps, I've realized something that it doesn't matter the strategies or the hows. If you don't believe in what you do, you don't believe in yourself, you don't have the right mind shift, you're never going to sell anything, right? No strategies really matter here. And so today what we're going to be talking about is the one differentiating factor between you actually inspiring people to take action with you and getting the wealth that you deserve. Yes, you deserve it. I'll get into that in a second. Is you have to better understand your audience than the next person. And when I say understand, I don't just mean when I say the ideal, uh, ideal client. A lot of people say like, well, who's your avatar? Who's your ideal client? And the answer I usually hear back from is, well, it's somebody who is in this industry or maybe is a coach or an entrepreneur or whatever. And that's great. You're a quarter of the way there. The rest of the puzzle here is what are they thinking and what are they feeling? What are they thinking and what are they feeling? Where are they in the process of their journey as well as the buying process? So today I'm going to take you through is actually my ebook, a step-by-step -step approach to understanding where your avatar is at and what they're going through. But again, like I said, we have to start with a bit of a mind shift. And so one of the things that we talked about last week was this idea that you can have whatever you want, right? We went through this exercise, even Mr. Glenn Lundy participated. I said, okay, what do you want? We made a list. And by the way, if you weren't here, didn't do this activity, you can go ahead and do it for yourself. But we started with what do we want? Is it the money, the legacy, whatever it is, First, identifying what you want. What we found was it's actually kind of harder than it seems, right? We, we put a lot of justification behind it. We put a lot of whys behind it. And when truth be told, that's not important right now. What's important is you need to identify what it is in the world that you want. And the next part of this 
is now making a list of all the things you avoid in your life. What are you afraid of? What are you procrastinating doing? Is it getting in front of the camera? Is it going live? Is it doing whatever? And what we found was it was interesting. We cannot have what we want in life if we're not acting as that person, right? We can't have what we want if we're not acting as that person. The one thing I want to also add to that for this week is the idea of what if you didn't know that there was such thing as failure? What if that word didn't exist? What if the thought process of failing never existed? So one of the annoying things that I do is I ask a lot of questions. I have I just got done with a talk with my couple of my business partners. And I, I said, you know, the two things that I will own and always will own is my superpowers. I ask always the right questions and I'm a decoder of success. That's the two things that I do very well. I'm really good at looking at people and why they're successful, what they do and decoding it so I can translate it to others. That's something that I'm really good at. The other thing is asking questions, by the way, Sometimes it's really annoying, especially to my clients, because oftentimes I ask them more questions than I tell them what to do. But recently, every time I'm around people that are more successful than me, right? I was just the other day on an Uber ride. I was sharing an Uber ride with a friend of mine named Shane, very successful. And I asked him, like, how much thought do you ever give into, like, you know, your doubts? Like, have you ever thought about, like, what if it doesn't work? Like, how do you get through that? And what's funny is every single high-level entrepreneur that I ask this question to does the same thing. Does it, they do this thing where they look up in the sky as if they're asking the gods to give them the answer. <laughs> and, then, and then they take a minute and they're, they're, they're stumbling through words and then they come up with something. And what this tells me is they don't think about it that often. They don't have an answer right away. So they have to really think about it in that moment, which brings me to this. They don't put a lot of thought, not saying they don't have these thoughts, but they don't put a lot of thought in the doubt. Their energy goes somewhere else. Where's the energy go? The energy goes into what they want. So imagine a world where we didn't know that you could fail. Imagine a world where you didn't know that you didn't have what you needed to make it happen, right? You now take that energy and put it into something else. We had this great talk the other day in this room, and, and Rachel was there, and everyone was there. We're asking this question of like, you know, what do you do when you're exhausted? And I said, well, I don't think anyone's not like my answer, because the truth of the matter is I operate as though that doesn't exist because the truth of the matter is I chose to be exhausted. I'm happy with being exhausted because it gives me what I want. It allows me to do what I want. The second that we start to resent being exhausted is when we're doing things we don't like, right? Yes, it is true that, that a Beyonce of the world or the Oprah's of the world, they do get tired, but exhaustion implies that we maybe not want to do those things. An example I gave again in that room was, was imagine like that, the really hard race, the triathlons, the, you know, even the mile sometimes, you'll see these racers run these races and then they collapse on the floor. They are tired. They are beyond tired. You could even argue exhausted, but yet and still they do the race over and over again. Why? Because it's what they want. And so imagine a world where you don't believe that it's possible to fail. Because failure is not really a, a concept that is real. It's what we put on. It's what we put on it, right? Right. If you if you make a mistake in your business, you didn't fail. You only fail if you acknowledge that you failed. Really, it's just you learn something, right? You, you change something. You, you adapt. The lesson you needed to learn. So one of the things I always like to start with, and sometimes I end with this, is I need you all to acknowledge the fact, and we can do this by just tapping your mic, that you can have whatever you want. And if nobody told you this, that you deserve it. And sometimes it's a really hard pill to swallow, people. 
There's some people in this room right now, when I tell them that, their immediate red flags go off in their head. Immediately, they're telling a story of, of, of how they grew up and, and you know, all the things they don't know. and all that, The stories that we tell ourselves get in the way of what we want. But imagine if we didn't do that. Imagine if what would happen to your life if you put more energy in doing what you want to do to get what you want? Be an interesting world to live in, right? Think about this, right? A lion, for example, before they go and chase a gazelle, do you think they, right before they attack the gazelle, do you think they think for themselves and talk to their lioness and go, man, what if I don't get the gazelle? What's going to happen to us? No, they just go, right? Even if they miss, right? The lioness misses the gazelle. Do you think they, the lioness goes home to her cubs and to you know her lion and say, hey, like I missed it. Man, like I'm a failure. No, they just go, oh, let's get the next one. We put a lot of energy in what we don't want. We put a lot of energy in the things that we avoid. We put a lot of energy in our thoughts. But what if we tamed our thoughts? That's the first thing. Imagine that world. And I want you to live in that world as we discuss this. Because, again, I'm going to give you the strategy. I'm going to teach you how we can better understand our, our audience, our avatars. But unless you first acknowledge that you can't have whatever you want and you deserve it, the tools won't matter, right? This will just be whatever. There's there's probably at this point hundreds of people that's gotten my ebook, and I'm willing to bet there's only a fraction of them that ever read it. And it could be, it could be that portion of them, right, believes if I read this and maybe I get a little bit more success in my life, it doesn't align with what I truly think, which is I don't deserve it or I can't do it. Maybe, right? So. One of the things that, that happened long time ago, right? I was talking to this coach. He's my wrestling coach and a mentor. I called him dad for a long time. And I remember right before I went to college, he sat me down and he asked me, you know, what do you, what do you want? You know, what's, what, do you, what are some things that you want to do with your life? And, 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 and first of all, like, who do you want to be? What do you want to do for a living? So I want to be a teacher. You see, I made this post on Facebook the other day. I said, teachers have always been an inspiration to me. They've always, I've, I've been a huge admirer of teachers because they gave me something that I didn't have at the time, which was hope. You know, for those that weren't here, when I talked about my story, like I, the way that I grew up, I, you know, I was in a homeless shelter, like me and my family went through a lot of issues and my father was in prison, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't have hope. And that's what the teachers gave me. And so I said, I want to be a teacher. I want to give that to some other kids. I want to give that to other people. He said, OK, cool. Not a problem. You want to be a teacher. How much do teachers make? I'm like, I don't know, like 40 grand a year. And he goes, OK, well, what do you want? And even then, my dream car was a Jeep. Don't ask me why. It's probably because I'm from Detroit. And American-made cars, that's just how you live. My grandfather, my, 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 my little brother got a tattoo of a Volkswagen tattoo on his forearm. Don't ask me why. He's weird. But he got a tattoo of a Volkswagen. And on my grandfather's uh, uh, deathbed, right, days before he passed, the first thing he said after being just ex like so tired from, from prostate cancer, looks up at my, my brother and just goes, why do you have that on your arm? Right. That's how we are in Detroit. Right. So that's why I wanted a Jeep. So I said I wanted a Jeep because, OK, that's like a forty, fifty thousand dollars car. I'm like, all right, cool. He goes, OK, where do you want to live? I said, at the time, I wanted to live in Royal Oak, Michigan. Right. Which is a nice area. He goes, OK, what kind of house do you want? And I said, I want your house. He goes, well, that's a million dollar house. I'm like, all right, cool. Again, I'm still not getting it, by the way. I'm not connecting the dots. He goes, let me get this straight. You want to be a teacher making 40 grand a year. But the lifestyle you want to live is a seven figure lifestyle. I go, yeah, I'll just, you know, do more stuff like I'll coach and stuff and. Again, still not getting it. I was so fixated on, on the how that it got in the way of what I wanted. And what he said to me, I never forget. He said, what if 
you did something backwards? What if you decided what you wanted and then the how became how you got there? Does it really matter in terms of like you going to teach the high school? Or could you do something else? And you go, no, that's what I want to do. Well, it took me obviously going through school to realize I didn't want to be a teacher, <laughs> at least in, in the school setting. But what's funny is, you know, last month I gave, you know, I'm at a two day event. At this event, I'm giving this talk on inspirational selling. Entrepreneurs, like 30 entrepreneurs are in the room. I'm teaching everybody. And then I realized something. Oh my God, I'm a teacher. <laughs> I'm a teacher. The how I did it wasn't that important. What I wanted was I wanted to be a teacher, but how I taught, what I taught, that came later. And so what's funny is a lot of us in this room, we do this thing where we go, you know, I want to be a seven-figure business or I want to make six figures in my business this year or whatever. And we're so blinded oftentimes of what we're doing currently that we leave out. Maybe it comes to us in a different way. Now, tap your mics. If you've ever read the book uh, or heard of the book, who moved my cheese? Anybody here read that book before? No one's read that book? Or maybe I'm just alone. I have okay. read it. There we go. There I've we go. We got a few more people. Way. Okay, so I'll explain who moved my cheese for a second. So who moved my cheese, right? These scientists take these mice and they have them in this maze. And this maze has four tunnels in it. And each tunnel, right, they put a piece of cheese in it. And so what they did is they put the cheese in tunnel four. And so the mice would go in, they check tunnel one, no cheese, tunnel two, no cheese, tunnel three, no cheese, tunnel four, boom, they found the cheese. So do it again, okay? Tunnel one, no cheese, tunnel two, no cheese, tunnel three, no cheese, boom, tunnel four, I found the cheese. Until finally the mice stopped going to tunnel one, two, and three, they just went straight to four. That's where the cheese is. And then eventually the scientists moved the cheese to tunnel one. And then the, cheese, the mice went to tunnel four, no cheese. What the heck? So they leave the maze. They do it again the next day. They won't go to tunnel four, no cheese. What's going on? And so finally, they go, you know what? Let me check tunnel three. No cheese. Okay, tunnel two, no cheese. Tunnel one, boom. They found the cheese. What's funny is, and my buddy Shane told me this. He goes, what's funny is, as human beings, we will go to tunnel four our entire lives wondering why there's no cheese. Our entire lives, we'll go to tunnel four and be like, why? I don't understand why there's no cheese. And some of us as entrepreneurs, I just talked to a client the other day. We have these programs, we have these offers, whatever, and we're beating, you know, a dead horse, so to speak. We're, we're trying to make it work and nobody's really buying it, at least not the way that we want it to. And so one of the things I asked my client was, where's the cheese now? Maybe it's in a different doorway. And I'll give you an example on a personal level, right? I remember the first, the day that I decided I want to be an entrepreneur, I called my mom because she was an entrepreneur and I was like, I'm going to tell her. I'm excited, right? I'm like, I'm going to do this. And she goes, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to be a sales coach. I'm going to teach entrepreneurs how to sell. I'm going to teach entrepreneurs how to inspire people. I'm going to teach corporate teams how to do this as well. And she goes, I don't get it. What do you mean online? I don't, I don't get that. I go, okay, uh, let me put it in terms that she thinks about who does she know? I go, you know, Tony Robbins, right? She goes, yeah. I go, okay, like Tony Robbins. Like I'm basically going to do what Tony Robbins does, right? Just to, it's not exactly what I do, but yeah, it's a good frame of reference. So Tony Robbins, we'll do that. And I never forget, she goes, well, Raylan, you're not Tony Robbins. Why in, the hell, why in the hell would anyone buy from you? Okay. I did not get what I wanted out of that conversation. All right. I didn't want to hear doubt in my own mother's voice. I didn't want to, okay. But again, I went to the same tunnel thinking I'm going to get the cheese and there was no cheese. My entire life, it's always been like that. Why would it be different? We have people in our lives people that we care about, whatever. 
And every single day we go to them expecting a different result. We never get it. Yet and still we get mad at them about it. The fact is, whose fault is it that my mom didn't give me what I needed in that moment? It's mine. Why? Because I chose to open that door. I didn't have to. No one held a gun to my head and said, you have to call your mom and tell her. I could have called anybody, but I chose to call my mom. Expecting a different result, and I was mad at the result. No. I chose to open that door. So again, going back to entrepreneurship, because we're talking about wealth a little bit, not to mention, too, you know, relationships oftentimes is the result of your wealth. But talking about like entrepreneurship and our programs, we're forcing, we're looking for the same tunnel, looking at the same tunnel, expecting different results. And so oftentimes it's because we think selling is simply just getting on our Instagram live and saying, Hey, I have this thing. Do you guys want it? We think that's it. And then there's some, there's some merit to that, but we think that's it. The truth is you have a level, a spectrum of audiences, a spectrum of your audience that is ready for certain things and not ready for others. And we're treating everybody like everybody's ready to buy. And there's a reason why your audience is not coming to you because you're not giving them what they need. And so what I did was, is I, I, I took Maslow's hierarchy of needs and I translated it to sales. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. So the first thing is on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, he talks about physiological needs. These are our basic needs. Okay. Well, he describes it as food, air, and water. So what is the basic need of our audience? This is square one, people. This is like somebody goes and follows you today, all right? So what is the basic needs? Well, first of all, when it comes to sales, when it comes to inspiring others to take action, we have to first identify, do they even have a problem in which they, they, they need solved? So the action step to this is we have to show them that they do in fact have a problem because if someone doesn't have a problem or they don't perceive to have a problem, then guess what? You are relevant at that point. You're no different than anybody else. And what's funny is, uh, I'll give you an example of this, right? So most people perceive sales as you go and get a sales coach when you're not making any sales. I remember one day I was talking on Clubhouse and I said, you know, even if you're making six figures in your business and you've been at the same dollar amount for years, guess what? You have a sales problem. Because if you want more, but you're getting the same thing, maybe your problem is in fact sales. Or a version of also mind shift. Because oftentimes, we, when we're getting the same results time and time again, we do this thing, interestingly enough, where we'll justify it and go, no, this is actually what I wanted, when in fact, it's actually not what we wanted. So this person thought that they did not have a sales problem, but because of that, she messaged me, goes, oh my God, I didn't realize I had a problem. Okay, can we show people a problem they didn't know yet they had? I'll give you another example of this. So my good friend, Donna Bowling, she's always in here. Of, of course, the time that I use her as an example, she's not. But Donna Bowling is a personal branding expert. She does personal branding. But what does she talk about a lot? She talks about showing your face on social media. Why? Because initially your audience, their audience, or her audience to say, thinks they have a personal branding problem. I don't know how to build a personal brand. That's what they think their problem is. When in fact, the underlying issue that they have is that they are afraid to show their face on camera. So what Donna does is gives you permission to show your face. She gives you the push, the inspiration. And the more that you show your face on Instagram, you show your face on social media, the more you realize the problem that you thought you had is not that, something else. And that's why people are drawn to her because she solves a basic need. So the next one, when it comes to Maslow's hierarchy needs, is gonna be safety needs, okay? 
So do you does your audience feel safe? And by the way, again, Maslow is like basic safety needs. Now in sales, it's is our does your audience feel safe with you? Can anybody tell me for those that are that are here? You can flash your mic and I'll, I'll call on you if you're here. What does it mean to you when I say, does your audience feel safe with you? Why is this even important to know? Flash your mics if you can You can answer this. I'll, I'll, I'll call on you. Or go ahead and just speak up. Monica, go ahead. Why is this important? Um, this is Monica in the turquoise ring, and it's important because you want them to trust you. You, you can't feel safe with someone you can't trust. Exactly. Christina, go ahead. They'll open up more to you as well. Um, they'll talk to you more about what they need and just um, open the conversation more just so that you can figure out exactly how to assist them. So they'll talk to you more. Exactly. If they feel safe with you, they'll do this one thing called being vulnerable. They'll be vulnerable with you. And they'll tell you, hey, I have this problem. Right? They've already identified they have a problem. So the next step of that is they need to share that problem with you. So if you can allow them to feel safe with you, like, oh, my God, they, they truly understand me. They've helped people before. They have a safety net now, right? Again, go back to, you know, thinking about the story I told about my mom. There's no – I can't be vulnerable in that sense with my mom. I don't get, this, I don't get the results I want, right? Think about other people, too, where, where they have huge followings, let's say, or whatever. They maybe even do exactly what you do. But those people reach out to them and go, hey, like, I have this problem. What are your thoughts? And then they don't respond maybe in the DMs or they realize that maybe they're not – they don't feel that important to them. So we want our audience to feel vulnerable. So here's a question though in terms of implementation. What is something we can do as entrepreneurs, whether it's you know in our business or online, that will give them to meet those safety needs, right? What are What is some of the things we could do in our business that will help them with that? I'll give everybody like 10 seconds to give a suggestion before I, I throw one out there. Anybody have any thoughts? Go ahead. Maybe be consistent with uh, how, the way that we deliver um, things and be consistent with um, providing them information um, in reference to things that we offer, products and services. Um, and also when they do reach out to us um, with, you know, with what they need, don't wait forever to get it to them. Get it to them, you know, as quickly as possible um, and provide good customer service. Provide good service, pretty much. Yeah, be there for them. Be consistent. Again, not to talk about how great Don Bowling is, but she's consistent. She shows up on her stories every single day. She does lives like four or five times a week. She's there for you, right? It makes you feel safe. Makes you want to open up, Okay. That's the first thing. The other options we could do is, for example, testimonials. If we showcase the clients we've worked with before, right, wouldn't that make you feel a little more safe about making the buying decision? Or what about, for example, uh, money-back guarantees? That's safety. That makes you feel safe. You're guaranteeing what you, know, you say you're going to do. These are just basic things, but it's incredibly important. Because, again, if we're not meeting these basic needs, then we're doing that. I'm going to go backwards for a second and go back to physiological needs, right? The basic needs. And we talked about, too, that we have to shed light on problems they didn't know they had. So, so I'll give you an example. Now, now Dora Maria, I know you're, you're, you're clapping in here. So let me ask you a, a basic question. What problem do you solve for your, for your clients? 
well, I don't have clients, but anything computer related, I'm like, I find solutions. I find ways around it, um, especially if it's something with speakers or anything like that. And also if someone is just having problems with their computer at home, because a lot of people are home now and then user um, type of stuff. Like I have a lot of friends who are teachers. I've been helping them with that whole, how to use Zoom and get that engagement up with their students. And so those types of things, just giving them different ways to approach that problem. So then what is the, in, in, in one sentence, what is the problem that you solve? Um, I guess I get the impossible done. How about that? Will you buy that? It's pretty vague. It's pretty vague. What problem do we solve? It sounds like the problem that we solve is computer issues, right? It's, right. it's you know, they want something and the p computer, the technology, that is what gets in the way. Is that fair? That's true. Yep. Okay. But what about this, right? Because we mentioned, obviously, we have to show them a problem they didn't yet know they had. So they know they have a computer issue. But again, th why is this important, by the way, that I'm really hitting on um, uh, solving a problem which they didn't know they had is because if you solve a problem that everyone knows they have, you're no different than anybody else, right? There's a million and one sales coaches out there, by the way, million and one. You can hire anybody. But the reason you come to me is because I found a problem you didn't yet know you had, and I uniquely can solve that problem. So maybe it's the problem, like on our page, for example, we do something where we talk about the barriers that gets them in the way of, 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 of being able to use that technology, right? Maybe we give them a solution that they didn't know yet they had or needed rather, which is the reason why you need to learn the technology is because maybe if you're a teacher, the best way to make sure your students are getting what they need so they can be successful is you have to understand this. You have to overcome your fear, right? There's a reason why, and I told you the reason earlier that I talk about mindset so much, because I know I, you will not work with me if you have doubt. So I have to give you the problem that you have when it comes to selling is actually not selling itself. It's, it's realizing that one, you deserve to actually have clients. You deserve to make money doing what you do. You deserve to have a voice. And if I can give you that, right, I can show you that problem and address that problem for you. Guess what? Everything else I do helps, right? So. So as we're doing this for our own companies, it's incredibly important to first go with the basics. What problem do I solve? And then next go, dude, does my audience know that they have this problem? Because again, if they don't know they have the problem, why in the world would they buy you? Why would they buy your solution? So the next one is going to be on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs is love and belonging. So we have to show that we care. And we touched on this a little bit, right? Consistently, consistently showing up. That's a safety and it's also love and belonging, right? But we have to show them that we care. So there are a couple of ways we could do this, right? And there's a, something that I do oftentimes, and I didn't think about it in this terms until just now, but I always say that my clients are my friends because they are. Like, I, I, I love my clients, right? I'm very selective of the clients that I have for this very reason. I have to believe in them. I have to almost as act as if their company is my company. And, and because of this, me and my clients get very close. We talk all the time. Now, let me ask you this. Do you feel like my clients know that I love them? The answer is yes, right? If I go live on Instagram, for example, and people are asking questions, I address those questions. And by the way, I don't just address those questions. I tell them why they're special. Something that I teach oftentimes is taking the extra step in sales. And the extra step is going, instead of, if your competitors, let's say, are going a mile, walking a mile in their audience shoes, 
right? I'm going to ask you to walk two miles, go a little bit further. And what do I mean by that? Just the other day, I, I told clients that I wanted them to, to message their prospects with a video message, right? Everybody does that. Not everybody, but a lot of people do that because it's a high open rate. There's a bunch of like reasons to do it. But I said, go and message your prospects in a video message and invite them to whatever you're doing. But I gave them one caveat to it. I said, I want you to look at their page, understand what they're doing and why, and connect the dots of why you want them to win. Why is it important to you that they do well in their business and in their lives? And as a result of that, guess what? Not only do they get a good open rate, but people start buying. Why are they buying? Because you care. You know, just the other day I was walking through, like I, I was doing a masterclass for my clients. And I was showing them the, my DM strategy. And I said, walk, I was walking through what I said, what the client said, going back and forth. And I said, okay, let me ask you a simple question. Does this feel salesy? Everyone said, no, it doesn't. Does it seem like I care? And they go, yeah, it does. Here is the secret gem to this, people. It's because I do. <laughs> The questions that I'm asking is not, I'm not looking for pain points here. I'm looking for what is going to inspire me to want to work with those people. That's what I'm looking for. Because if I find that, if I find that inspiration for me, I'm going to care. I'm going to be passionate about what they do. It's going to make me a better coach. And as a result of that, me caring is seen through the DMs. It's seen through in the way that I coach them. And one thing that makes me different as a coach, the one thing that makes me different in the way that I teach sales is nothing, to, it's very little to do with the strategies. Yes, of course, I teach those things, but it's also because I act as though I'm already your coach. I act as though I'm already your coach. So I'm going to give you answers. I'm not going to say, you know what, let's let's jump on a call and then I'm going to tell you, no, no, no. I go, hey, this is, I think, the little problem that you're trying, that, that you need to solve, not this one. I want you to be better because I believe in you. Right? That is love and belonging. Now, the other part of that is we have to show them that they belong in your community. So for those that like went to college, for example, one of the things that they do is they'll take you on a tour of the campus, right? And the reason they do this is because they want you to see what it would be like to be a part of that community. They want you to see like-minded people. They want you to see people that look like you, act like you, because again, you will fit in better. And it'll make them feel like, man, I am in the right place. The question I have to ask you, this is a rhetorical question, but if you really look at your audience, are you showing them that they're in the right place? I told you earlier, right? One of the, 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 the zone of geniuses I have is I decode success. And one of my favorite pages out there on Instagram right now is David Goggins' page. Four million followers, I think. He swears <laughs> like he, he's very hardcore, yet still he has four million people that, that follow him. And it's because when you go to his page, you feel like you belong. He doesn't, his page isn't just for people that are super fit and, and, and always getting after it. He's there for the people that maybe don't believe in themselves. And when you go to that page, you go, man, I'm, I'm among family. So the question to ask yourself is, am I with my audience showing them that be, they belong to my community? The second they hit that follow button, do they feel like they are part of a bigger community? Do they feel like they matter? Do they feel like they're being seen? Now, what's important to note is that the things that I teach, the things that I talk about are simple, not easy. It's a very big difference, people, right? Even earlier when I said, you can have everything you want, you just have to take what you want. Again, that's simple, not easy. 
And so what's important to, to look at this stuff is go, okay, what is a way that you can show that your audience matters? What's a way that you can show your community that they matter? It could simply be every time you get new followers, you go live and you tag them in it and say, hey, I see you. That's one way. Does anybody else have a way that maybe they express to their community, their audience, that they matter, that they're being seen, that that they fit into the community? Anybody have any have any thoughts on this? Christina? You can maybe offer, when you go live, offer something for free uh, when they participate. Um, offer something for free uh, or do a drawing for a free uh, gift for those that uh, that participates. So that's a great idea for, for example, safety, because there's, there's safety in actually not doing anything for, for money. But the question I have to ask you is, when you give something for free, like a gift, do they have to do anything to get that gift? So the answer to that is actually no, because what I'm giving away are, they're like sample, sample packs. So, uh, and then when I give them the sample packs, I'm inviting them to one of my virtual beauty experience events. So what they're getting are, um, Samples, pretty much, uh, goodie bags of samples, and then so they have to in order to get that. Then sorry to cut you off. In order to get that, then they have to probably DM you back. They have to put in their address to actually receive the product. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So they have to do something. Yeah. Oh, I guess yeah. If, if that's right? what you were talking about, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they have to they have to do something. And what I'm talking about is when you would join a community, you shouldn't have to do anything, right? It should be you're there. It's like you know when you go to your family barbecue. Okay. Granted, we probably haven't been to a family barbecue in a minute because <laughs> everything that's going on. But you go to a family barbecue, you don't necessarily need to do anything to be a part of that family. You just are. You're there. Right? You show up and guess what? You're part of it. They've already done one step. And so oftentimes, again, the reason why we have to go through these levels is because we have to first prove and earn the respect of our audience. And so this is the way that we do it, right? So Again, another great example of this, like I said earlier, right? We go live, we tag the Bennett and say, hey, I just want to welcome you, right? Another person, her name is Haley. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on her last name. What she does is as soon as you follow her, and she does this for, she does this for just about everybody, she'll send you a video message in the DMs, walking you to the community and what to expect, right? Now, some people, again, are on a black belt level, I call it, right? David Goggins, again, like I mentioned earlier, you go to the page, you're already in what I call context. You understand how that page operates. Because if you go in there and you start talking smack to people, right, the community will kick you out. It serves itself. It's it's ever evolving, and everyone pays attention pays attention to the community and protects the community. And so the first thing we talk about stuff uh, we talk about love and belonging is you have to ask yourself is what way that I can better make sure my my audience feels like as if they belong. It's incredibly important. Then the next one is esteem, self esteem strength, freedom, when they feel these things, they're more likely to, to do something with you. And so this is the fun part. This is where the inspiration comes in. You have to help them believe in themselves. So again, I'm gonna use me as an example. You would never invest in a sales coach unless you believe in your offer. The number one reason, and this is, this is, the, this is something that we often mis mistake when it comes to sales. The number one reason why our audience does not buy from us the number one reason why if you get on a sales call and they don't buy, right? And I'm saying I'm not saying there's there's not more than one, but the number one reason is they don't believe in themselves. It has oftentimes nothing to do with you. 
I'm gonna say that again. The reason why people are not buying because confidence in themselves. Because they're asking themselves one question, what if it doesn't work? What if I invest in this program? What, I, what if I invest in this product and it doesn't help me? Well, oftentimes with a lot of what we do, there's a lot of sweat equity that has to go into it, right? When you hire you know, a business coach or sales, whatever, when you hire a coach, you're not just getting strategies. You have to actually implement. You got to do the things, right? So you have to get them to believe in themselves, believe in their dream. So the way that I always say that to do this is I use one phrase, and this is, my, in my opinion, the greatest phrase, the greatest phrase in, in sales, which is imagine this. Imagine a world where, imagine this. Imagine, you know, you, you take this product and not only do you start to feel as if you are, you know, beautiful on the inside, but you feel beautiful on the outside. Why? Because you're caring for yourself. I have a client that sells like handbags and, 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 and footwear. She came up with this thing called like uh, affirmation boxes. Um, and basically you get this box and has some things in you. But what, we, what we're doing is we're associating her products with self-care. Instead of buying something because, you know, uh, we have the extra money or buying something we feel bad for it immediately, we want you to associate the product with caring for yourself. Because when you're paying attention to stuff, you're investing in you, what's an easier purchase, right? I mean, think of it this way. Uh, LeBron James spends a million dollars a year, one million dollars a year on himself to make sure he is the best vehicle ever. He doesn't bat an eye at it. Why? Because he's investing in himself. So if we can encourage your audience, we can encourage your people to invest in themselves, to believe in themselves, wouldn't they be more likely to buy? Of course they would, because they believe in themselves. We want them in the right, we want them the right mindset. And that mindset is doesn't matter what I buy, I'm gonna make this thing work. So first with the paint the picture, right? Imagine this. Now, the other part is self-actualization. Uh, self uh, It'd be helpful if I could talk today. Right. Desire to be the most one can be. Now, this one is the tricky one. One is belief. The other one is we have to inspire them to now take action. The hint this is the, the strategy of sales with inspirational selling or what I call inspirational selling is you have to first make sure the individual has a dream. You sell them on the dream, not your product or offer. The dream doesn't, the, the, the product or offer does not matter. What matters is do they believe in the dream, the vehicle that gets them there is what they end up buying, okay? You can help them take them from point A to point B, right? So anybody, tap your mics if you remember in uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Does anybody remember what he asked the audience to sell him? Anybody remember? What was it that, that Jordan Belfort and Wolf of Roster said, sell me what? Sell me the pen. Who said that? Absolutely. Tony, I see you. Thank you, brother. He said, sell me this pen. So let's take a little bit of what we've been talking about and apply it to selling a pen. My argument is this. It's not about the pen. You don't sell the pen. You sell the dream. So normally you go into the features and benefits of the pen. You talk about maybe do they have a need? Talk about pain points. Okay, that's... That's what normally we do. But what if instead we did this? What if instead we said, you know, have you ever wondered why Steve Jobs wore the same outfit every single day? Well, he, he said the reason why he wore the same outfit every single day is because he could take that energy he would spend and think about what to wear every day and put it into his work, into innovation. 
You know, if you want to be an innovator, don't we think you could take some energy away from this? And what if the problem is not that you, you need a pen, but the, what if the problem is we spent too much energy on deciding the pen we want to use? We did, we, we're trying to figure out what pen to use, what's the best pen, how often we need one. And then that mentioned too, you got to buy one for me this month, and then probably in two months, you got to buy another one. What if instead we did this? What if we just had the same pen every single month? And every three months, let's say, I'd send you a bunch of pens. How, what would you do with that time? Would that make you better? Again, I'm selling you a dream. I'm selling you the idea of, uh, of innovation. I'm selling you on the idea that maybe if you could be more like Steve Jobs, you could do something even greater with your life. The pen is irrelevant at this point. It's there for you. It's there if you want it. So we have to inspire people to take action. Now, I'm going to move on in a minute, but really quick, it's been about 40 minutes. So I want to make sure I knew ever, I want to make sure everyone knows where they are right now, by the way. I haven't done a reset in a minute. So you are here with the Breakfast of Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. We're here to bring you motivation, education, and inspiration for 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. noon on Saturday, and the Club 111 on Sundays live on Clubhouse. And if you ever miss a segment, guess what? You can go and re-listen to your favorite episodes and download the Breakfast of Champions podcast and listen to it literally every time. The beautiful thing but the Breakfast with Champions, that if you're not a part of the club already, go ahead and, and, and click that green house at the top. Is that this stuff is obviously free. This information is free. But most importantly, the people that give these talks, these segments, actually care about you winning. Here, we believe in one thing and one thing only. Well, among some other things. But one of the things that we believe in is that we don't believe in scarcity. There's enough room for everybody. And when you're here, you're here with us, you're here at the table. Guess what? We all can thrive. And the moment that you realize that, that we can have whatever we want and we can do it together, that's how much farther you will go. Every bit of success I've ever had in my life has not come from me just putting my nose to the to the to road and trying to figure it out. No, it's been through knowing the right people. And guess what? When you're at Breakfast with Champions, you get to know some of the most successful people in the world. Yeah, I said the world. All right. So really quick before I kind of move on here. What questions or comments do we have so far or anything you want me to reiterate about the hierarchy of your client needs and how we can implement this? Because implementation is incredibly important. It doesn't matter how much I teach you guys. If you guys are not implementing, guess what? You're not going to you're going to have the same results. So what else? What questions or comments do we have so far? Go ahead. I just had um if you can clarify a little bit, like you had mentioned uh, the trust part first. And then if you're doing something for free, like Christina's example, right? Like they're going to register. They're going to be giving you information. Um, I got the feeling like maybe that wasn't the first thing to do. What would you like recommend for the trust factor first before offering something for free or something like that? Like, is there like that beginning prep stage for that? Yeah, let me ask you a quick question. Do you feel like you can trust Glenn Lundy or Breakfast of Champions? Do you feel like you trust us? Yes. Why is that? Because since I started, um, I just saw a lot of pouring into other people with kindness, and I appreciated that. Have you, since you've been in this club, or let's just take the segment. Have I asked for your email? Nope. No, we haven't asked for anything. We just give. We just are here. You trust us because we're trustworthy. 
We give without asking for anything to receive. So for example, a very simple example is showing up on Clubhouse, right? You show up enough, people know you're gonna be there. And then when it comes time and they're ready, guess what, when you do ask for the email, they give it to you. So one of the things that we could do is look at it this way. So we have the hierarchy of needs and sometimes it helps too if you look at it like a pyramid, right? And by the way, like if you want this written out, um, literally if you go to the link in my bio, the, the actual ebook is there and I am gonna ask for your email address, by the way. <laughs> Got it. Thousand percent I'm gonna ask you for an email address. And, and so when we look at this, we take people first from where they're at, we meet them where they're at and we encourage them, inspire them to get to the next level. What I'm not saying is, this is what most people do. You have someone that doesn't know they have a problem and the first time you talk to them, you say, hey, I have this thing, do you wanna buy it? You just skipped a bunch of different levels. You have to meet them where they're at and get them to the next level. So if the first level in the hierarchy of needs is, uh, is the basic needs, right? Do they have a need? The second step would be safety needs, right? Prove to them that you're worth that, that, that they're all, your audience, right, is safe with you. And then you go to love and belonging. What you don't do is jump levels. When you jump levels, you lose trust. And guess what? You hear that S word we all hate. You're salesy, okay. right? So, so as we progress, we move them down or move them up rather to, to readiness to buy. Don't skip levels. Address what they have and what they want. I'll give you another example, right? So there's this great study they did um, which, by the way, probably can never fly today. But after World War One or two, I can't for, I can't remember. They did a study where they they took a bunch of people who volunteered, by the way, and they starved them for like thirty plus days. Right? They make sure they had their basic needs uh, with an IV drip, etc. They they were getting by, but they were starving them. They're trying to see the effects of starvation after a world war. And what they found was eventually the scientists started feeling bad for these people, right? Because they were starving them. So what did they do? They started playing movies for them. They were showing them movies every single day. But can anybody tell me what's the number one thing they saw in the movies and talked about? The only thing they talked about? What was the number one thing that they kept realizing or seeing in the movies and talking about after the movie? The food. The food is the only thing they could think about was the food. And so imagine your audience doesn't have their basic needs. They don't know they have a problem. And immediately you say, you know, I'm going to play a movie for you. Or I'm going to do this. And the only thing they hear is, man, I don't believe in myself. The only thing they're telling themselves is, man, I don't even know if I have a need, right? What's interesting is I constantly, not constantly, oftentimes I'll meet somebody and say, hey, like, you know, do you want to grow your sales? Like, well, no, I don't need to. Need is different than want, right? But in that moment, they don't think they have a problem, yet and still they do. So my job is to show them that maybe they do have a problem. They're at level zero at this point. So there's no point in me selling them on something that they don't necessarily need right now. So they create the need. By creating the need, all they do is understand, again, what they think their problems are and show them what they really want. I'll give you another example, right? So I had somebody once, you know, call me and say, hey, Ray, I need I need a, a email marketing campaign. First of all, I don't do that, okay? But they said, I, I think I need an email marketing campaign. So, okay, interesting. How many people do you have on, on your list? Zero. So turns out you don't need email marketing you don't need a campaign right now. You need people on the, on the list first. Yeah, I guess that's true, right? Guess what? I can help you inspire others to get on a list because inspiring action is what I do, right? So now, originally she thought she had one need, but the underlying issue was not that. It was something else, right? 
there's a, there's, a, there's a talk that people always give, and it's a great marketing tool. And they say, people don't buy a drill bit for the drill bit. They buy, buy a drill bit for the hole it puts in the wall. We go a step further, though. What we say is, people don't buy a drill bit for the hole in the wall. They buy the drill bit to hang up a beautiful picture of their family. So you don't sell the drill bit. You sell the, the beautiful decorations they're going to have in their house. You sell them on the fact that when people come over, right, to, to watch TV, the TV is mounted, right? You, you sell them on the, the dream of they have a dinner party, and when people walk in, the first thing they'll see is a beautiful picture of their family, right? Apple does this very well, by the way. That's why I'm obsessed with Apple, right? You buy an Apple, it says something about you. It says you're an innovator, right? Many people don't know this, but what Apple did that was genius was their laptops, for example. When you flip them up, the Apple signal, the logo, points towards the people that are looking at it. Whereas originally it was the reverse. Other people, PCs, et cetera, it would face the person that was that was having it. So it speaks to the people that are looking at you. It's saying, hey, I'm an Apple user. I'm an innovator, right? There's a mission that I'm on, right? I am not techno like technologically savvy, right? I can barely even say the word, but yet I have all Apple products. Why? Because it says something about me. It says I'm an innovator, <laughs> right? It says... Look at me. Look how great I am. I'm an apple. <laughs> so anyway, with that being said, you have to understand where your audience is, meet them where they are, and encourage them, inspire them to do something a little bit different. That is the purpose of entrepreneurship. That is, that is the purpose of sales. It's not to make money, although that's a byproduct. It's to help someone go from point A to point B. And so I originally started with this idea that Maybe the cheese we're looking for is in a different tunnel. So we're, we're, we're launching a program, we're launching an offer, we don't get as many people as we want. And when that's happening, we oftentimes pour more money into it, right? No, 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 this is the right thing, this is the right thing. The offer could be fine, it's just the audience isn't ready for it yet. The audience is somewhere else. The audience is still stuck at safety needs, right? The genius of what's gonna make you wealth when it comes to your business, getting to six and seven figures, is understanding this. 50% of the people that inquire, or maybe even follow you on Instagram, if we look at it that way, right, will not buy from you. They won't. I don't care what you do. 50% of them are window shoppers. 50% of them are just like, no, nah, I'm just kind of, I like their, I like the feel being here, right? I was just kind of curious. No matter what you do, I don't care who you are, you will never sell those people. So throw them out. Get out of your head. Now you have... 42.5%, this comes from the inquiry handling uh, report, right? They, they, they survey a bunch of people and ask them, hey, when did you buy this? Did you end up buying this? Did you end up buying this? And what they found was 42.5%, and this is across all industries, which is kind of interesting. It's pretty accurate. Obviously, do your own research for your own business. But 42.5% of the people that inquire will buy in the next 18 months. They'll buy after 90 days, but before 18 months, okay? 42.5%. Now, the remaining 7.5% of people that inquire will buy the next 90 days. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, <laughs> is to one, figure out how I can get the 7.5 to buy today instead of in, not, in three months, or take someone that was gonna buy in 90 days and get them to buy maybe in a month by inspiring them. That's what most people do. Most, most of us go, it's low hanging fruit, right? Like how can I get the people that are ready to buy to buy down? What I'm suggesting is, and the way that we sell, should be selling, is focusing on the 42.5%. They're going to buy, and they may buy in the next 18 months. How can I get them to buy 
in let's say 90 days instead. What would that do for your business if we took even 10% of that 42.5%, we took 10% of those and we get them to buy the next month? What would that do for your business? What would that do for your goals? What would that do for, for what you want? Maybe what you want, the, the metrics, the, the monetary value that you're looking for in your business is in that 42.5%, but yet we're still, we're focused on the 7.5. If you want my humble opinion, the reason why we focus on the 7.5 is it's easy. I, listen, I told you this earlier, what I teach is not is simple, but not easy. It's simple, but not easy. What's simple and easy is getting the 7.5. But the difference maker is, is can we inspire that 42.5%? It's definitely possible. Again, think of it in another way. Breakfast with Champions is free programming for like 16 hours at this point, okay? We go forever. Now, what we're doing here, which is incredibly fascinating, is there's people here that are not yet ready to maybe be an entrepreneur. There's people in this room that are listening to us in, in their nine to five right now. They don't even know that it's possible to be an entrepreneur, yet and still here we are for them. And what happens is maybe after a month or whatever, because of what a Glenn Lundy says or a Monica says or a Christina says or a, doesn't matter, okay, somebody will say something that goes, I can do this. And guess what? They originally did not have a need for helping with technology or for the products that you sell. Maybe they didn't have a need, but because we showed up, because we're consistent, we just created a need. And most people, by the way, are not even thinking about those people. Most entrepreneurs are focused on, you have a need today and I can solve it today. But if you were to inspire the people that are not yet ready to wanna be better and be better with you, you now just not only got a client, you got a legacy client. You got someone that's willing to buy from you again and again and again and forever and forever. Why? Because you, you gave them something that never had before. You, you exposed them to something that didn't know that it was impossible. You expose them to hope. You expose them to a dream. And because of that, when they're ready to make that step into that dream, guess who they're going to go to? You. They will go to you. Why? Because you took the time to inspire them. Again, think about some of your favorite, your favorite people. One of the things I like to do is I go, all right, who are the most inspirational accounts out there? Okay. Like, again, I, I use the example because just to keep it consistent, but David Goggins, okay? David Goggins helps you realize that you, because of the baggage and the excuses and all that stuff, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to admit that you're not where you want to be. Now, granted, I'm, 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 I'm sugarcoating this. If you go and look at his page, way more swear words. But I promise Glenn Lundy and Sarah McCord that would never swear in this room. But what he does is he makes you realize that it's okay to dream bigger. It's okay to want to be a better person. And you just have to do the work. But now he offers something, right? There's an offer he does. It's an offer, but it's also for 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 um, charity. He does the four four forty eight challenge. You run for four hours uh, or four miles every four hours for forty eight hours straight. And there's millions of people that signed up for that. They maybe not they maybe not even ran more than a mile, but there's millions of people that sign up for that challenge every year and they donate to these charities. It's an offer. Okay, just because, by the way, that you give the money away or whatever, it's still an offer. You're still selling something. 
So millions of people sign up for that challenge. Why? Because David Goggins helped you realize it's okay to want to be better and to push yourself and to suffer and suffer for a cause. And it all started because you just followed a simple account and you watched his videos and he pushed you, he challenged you to want to be better, right? It's a simple concept, not easy, but it's a simple concept. So what I want you to think about, and then I'm going to leave the last about four minutes or so for questions or comments, but think about your offer. Think about your brand, your, your audience, and ask yourself, one, where are we going? Where am I leading these people to? What, what world do I want them to live in that's better than the one that they're living in? And then figure out what are the next steps to help people inspire them to take action to the next level. Not to buy today, but get them from point like one to point two to point three to point three and to, until they're ready to actually buy. All right. So with that being said, I'm going to leave the last, like I said, three to four minutes for any comments or questions about everything we talked about. And again, I realized that it was a lot of information, but open up to, to you all in the room here. So maybe I'll open with a, a simple question. Because of what we talked about today, what is one thing you're going to implement from this segment? Well, for one thing, uh, the hierarchy needs, again, just to make sure I'm following that, because sometimes you don't realize you're doing that. Beautiful. So you're kind of going back somewhat to the drawing board and going, where's my audience right now? And what do they need? Right? Am yep. I meeting those needs? Yep. yep right. Yep. Me personally, I, I made the switch as well. Right? I had one one offer and then I realized something, right? I was talking, this is another point, right? It's really important to talk to your audience. And I was asking people, I kept hearing this thing where they would say, Raylan, I can't wait to be a client. And I go, well, what's stopping you? What's going on? Man, I can only afford $500. And I asked myself this, right? Does it matter how I get to my goals or does it matter that I just get to my goals, right? And one of my goals is to inspire people to realize they deserve more. So I said, you know what? That's the next price of my next offer. And I built that offer. Now, for those that are curious what that is, it's all about inspirational selling. It's a course. And also you get to join my, my community for as long as you want to be in it. And it's coming out October 1st. But that's the reason why I created it. I created it because someone said they needed it important some of us in here by the way i was one of those people we have an entire audience that needs us but yet and still we're stuck selling you know the, the 10k the 2k the 5k offers when our audience a lot of our audience just needs a 500 offer right so anyway i hear somebody does anybody else have a comment or a question christina uh, yeah, I yeah i totally agree with what you just said um a lot of people just need an extra you know, three, five hundred dollars a month. So I totally agree with, with what you just said. Also, um, what I'm going to do also is go back to review because um, I do, I did have, I did request your information. So I'm going to go back and review and revamp the way that I'm doing things as well. So thank you so much. Revamp. I love, I love that word, revamp. Because sometimes, by the way, you don't need to make a huge shift. You just need a tweak. Carmela, go ahead. I'm so sorry. I, I unmuted my mic, uh, Raylan. I'm I'm actually speaking next, but I'm going to let you wrap up and, and do your thing. So that was just my finger touching the button. My apologies. 
hey, no worries. Literally, just two seconds ago, I actually clicked on the wrong room and got out of this room. So it happens. All right, so that was my time. Most importantly, I always ask for one thing and one thing only is one, make sure you implement something today that we that you learn from either myself or Camilla or anyone here at the Project of Champions. And then two, if no one's told you this today, I'm going to say this every single segment I do, but if no one told you this today or your entire life, because again, when I grew up, no one told me this, but you deserve to have whatever you want. It's right there. It could be literally in the next door you open. You just have to choose to open it. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.